0: Today, we're also concluding our sermon series called Your Story, God's Glory, Pursuing the Purpose of Life. And just like every part of our body serves a purpose, each of you today here serve a purpose within the body of Christ. Today, um, I want to share a story about a few years back whenever we launched our first ever story youth group. We uh, decided to celebrate by uh, doing a Saturday retreat and we gathered the youth, they came, we played games, we swam, we uh, decided to do a Bible study on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about uh, each of us being an essential part of the body of Christ. Of course, to illustrate this passage for the youth, I decided to draw a human shape on our host's patio and allow each of the youth to come and draw each of the part of the body they thought they are. So one of the youth came forward and he drew the eyes and said, I will keep an eye out for people in our community who are going through tough times. We said, that's a great thing. Thank you for doing that. And then another youth came and he drew ears on the shape and he said, I will keep uh, my ears open for the word of God. We said, yay, that's great. Another youth came forward, he drew a heart and we said, oh. Then we got to verse 23, which by the way, I was planning to skip. Uh, But one of the youth had pulled it on his phone and this is what 23 says. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. Suddenly, I found myself trying to stop five very silly boys from drawing the private parts of the body of Christ on our host's patio. That same afternoon, I decided that I needed to contact the storyboard to let them know our urgency in hiring a youth minister. (laughs) Today, we are talking about finding purpose in our Christian community. For four weeks, we have been talking about finding our individual purpose, which is to glorify God. But today, we're going to talk about finding our collective purpose as the body of Christ, the church. We all know that when the church gets it right, there's nothing more beautiful to witness. Hearts are changed. Lives are transformed. Entire communities can be transformed by people coming to serve sacrificially in Christ's name. But just as the church can be such a beautiful thing to witness, it can get ugly very fast whenever we lose sight of our purpose. And I know that we tend to overcomplicate things, and that's one of the main reasons why we lose sight of our purpose. Pastor Eric talked about how we tend to lose track of our individual purpose by overcomplicating it, by creating so many different benchmarks. Graduate from college by this age, have kids by this age, have a career by this age. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, most of those things are not really related for the purpose that we were created, which is to glorify God. That's why I love the passage that we chose for this series that comes from Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for in him, All things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. We all need to be reminded from time to time that we are created through Christ, for Christ, to follow Christ, and to make disciples of Christ. Our entire existence is wrapped around Christ. And whenever we lose track of that, we can get lost very fast. As far as the church is concerned, I have been guilty of overcomplicating things for people. At times, I have thought we exist to to bring in more members or to meet the church budget or to start a new building project or to have the pastor with the skinniest jeans and the tallest fohawk. Well, none of those things are related to the church's purpose. Just like our individual purpose is centered around Christ, the church's purpose is also centered around Christ. When Jesus came to walk among us, he showed us how to start the church one person at a time, one by one. He found some of his disciples while they were fishing along the shore. One was a tax collector. Another one was a businessman. And when he found and he found them, he didn't want to convert them to some religion. He wanted to get to know them, and he wanted to be known by them. And the more the disciples got to know Jesus, the more they realized that they were created for so much more than just being fishermen or a tax collector or a businessman. But at first, when Jesus found them, they also had a lot of trouble wrapping their minds around what Jesus had come to do during his time on earth. They had trouble letting go of their own expectations and agendas, in order to get to the heart of Jesus' mission. There were some disciples that didn't really want a savior like Jesus. For example, James and John, they wanted their savior to be a conquering hero that would come and rescue them from the Roman Empire. They wanted Israel to be the greatest kingdom on earth. They wanted Jesus to come and overthrow the Romans. That vision that they had of the world and that vision they had for a savior would have caused so much upheaval and bloodshed. And it really had nothing to do with what Jesus came to do during his time here on earth. I like how N.T. Wright, author and theologian, describes James and John's attitude. He says, when Jesus rebukes them, it isn't for a minor misunderstanding, It is because they have embraced an entirely wrong vision of God and of his purposes. Instead of sharing Jesus' vision and becoming part of the solution, they have become a part of the problem. The disciples were first in a very long line of Christians. Christians who have been guilty of overcomplicating and misunderstanding Jesus' mission here on earth? Well, it is very, very clearly given to us. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus loved us so much that he decided to come and take our punishment on himself to offer us freedom from sin and from death. I wish I could say that today in our modern church, we have also learned how to set our own agendas and expectations behind to embrace Jesus' mission. But we're still trying to change Jesus' message to make it fit ours. There have been so many emails that we have received since the story church was born from well-meaning people informing us that they can't really belong to the story unless we embrace some of the beliefs and doctrines that they find are acceptable in today's society, even though they contradict Scripture. Author Elicit Childress, she wrote a book called Another Gospel. And I'm about to read you a quote from this book. And it is important because a lot of what she's saying is what we find in most of these emails. And unfortunately, it is us trying to adapt our own agendas and expectations of Jesus instead of following his mission. She says, Many Christians recognize the brokenness of our world, racism, poverty, and exploitation, and rightly want to do something about it. Contemporary critical theory, which I will refer to as CCT, can be an attractive way of looking at the world because it may seem like a loving and others-centered approach. But the problem with contemporary critical theory is that it isn't just a set of ideas that influences how someone thinks about oppression. It functions as a worldview. According to historic Christianity, We are human beings made in the image of a holy, loving, and just God. According to CCT, our identity is not found in who we are created to be, but in how we relate to other groups as defined by our class, gender, sexual preference, and so on. According to historic Christianity, sin against a holy God is what's wrong with the world. According to critical theory, Oppression is what's wrong. According to historic Christianity, the sin problem is fixed by Jesus taking punishment for our sins upon himself. But according to CCT, the problem of oppression is fixed by activism, raising awareness and the overthrow of oppressive systems and their power. According to historic Christianity, the meaning of life is to glorify God. According to CCT, it is to free grips from oppression. The truth is that we can't really build the church. We can't really build the body of Christ unless we get behind Christ's mission. We can't really fulfill our purpose within our Christian community unless we get our foundation right. And that entails us putting our own agendas and our own expectations behind and embracing what Jesus came here to do and embracing his mission for the church, which, by the way, is clearly given to us by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. Knowing Jesus personally leaves absolutely no part of us unchanged. It changes everything. And knowing him personally naturally leads us to want to share what he has done for us with others. It naturally leads us to share the good news of his kingdom. Each of the men and women that Jesus found as his disciples. We're regular people, just like you and I. They were working regular jobs. They were taking care of their families. They were paying bills. They were paying taxes. But just like he has changed everything for us, he's changed everything for them. And all the things that they did and they said after they met Jesus was all because of the incredible transformation that they experienced in him. This week, I had the privilege of interviewing a good friend of mine here at the story. Her name is Caroline Perry, and I interviewed her for the story at home podcast. Caroline is one of the most cheerful, joyful people that I know. She is kind of chipper. She, uh, the reason I chose her for this interview is because she inspires me. She is one of those people who is very clear about her purpose, not only individually, but as a part of the body of Christ. She loves Jesus, and she understands what her mission here is during his time on earth. One thing that many people don't know about Caroline is that she struggles with Crohn's disease since she she's in the eighth grade. Crohn's disease is a chronic illness that causes inflammation of the digestive tract. And the sad part about it is that even the treatments can cause some life-threatening complications. She has been at the hospital so many times. She has had so many surgeries that she really has lost track of how many. Another thing a lot of people don't know about Caroline is that she is the greatest evangelist here at the Story Church. But she has never once preached from this stage. She follows the Jesus model. She evangelizes one person at a time. A lot of the people that have come uh, to the church have shared that they are here because of Caroline, have told me they met her at the hospital, at the hospital cafeteria. They were one of her nurse, nurses. They were lifelong friends, but what they have in common is that they were deeply moved by Caroline's story and by her witness of Jesus. They became curious about the church and about God because. Of her testimony let's listen to what she said
1: i would say the biggest experience for me was being really really sick for some people it's financial troubles for some Mm -hmm. people it's a divorce for some people it's a death of a family member but me i was really really ill for a really long time in such such formidable years of my Mm. adult or adolescence early adulthood and i think throughout that time i actually became very thankful for the fact that I had gone through such terrible illness because when you're kind of at the bottom, Mm -hmm. um, you really have to kind of scrape through and say what matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it was my faith and just choosing every single day, no matter how badly I just wanted to stay in bed and never get back out and never talk to anybody or just say, poor me. Um, There was a choice to either let the enemy keep me down and keep me from sharing the good Mm. news or spreading my joy or smiling at somebody and making their day, them seeing the love of God. Um, He really could have kept me down and he did sometimes. Mm. I mean, I'll admit, Um, but you can also choose God. And once you realize the amount of joy, the true grit of faith that comes from just putting yourself and saying like, i'm gonna wake up one more day and we're gonna give this another try and god's got me and seeing how much you can not just accomplish in a physical sense but i mean our purpose in life is to make disciples out of men i mean that's what the story even does that's our biggest purpose and part of why i love this church but being sick you really do you just figure out this is what matters to me this is what i've got to do to get through the day right and that really changed.
0: If you're here today and you are new to church, you don't really know where to start. You have never attended before. I want to ask you to not overcomplicate it. There's one step that you can take today and it's inviting Jesus into your heart, invited him to be your Lord and your savior. That is the first step that you can take before you take an active role within the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you, when you invite Jesus personally, he finds very unique ways to reach out to you and to transform your life. He will turn your life upside down. That's a guarantee, but he will be upside down in a good way. He will make you more like, like, like him. And you will start being able to fulfill your purpose within the body of Christ by sharing your witness. If you have been a part of the church for a while and you're feeling that you need to take a first step, I'm going to invite you today to ask God to present you with an opportunity to share your story with somebody who needs to hear it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't change the message. Just find one person out there, a friend or a family member who is struggling to find purpose in the things that they do or in the things that they own and they're lost and confused. Find that person or find somebody who is struggling with sin and feeling the weight of it and share your story of redemption. Build the church one by one and share with them the freedom that you have found in Jesus. Investing yourself in someone on a one-on-one basis and letting them know about Jesus is what we do together as a church. I love what Charles Spurgeon said in this quote. He said, if you have lived to bring one sinner to Christ, you have not lived in vain. Every person you encounter every single day presents you with an opportunity to be a kingdom builder. Now, I don't care which part of the body you are. You could be the eyes, the hands, the feet, the private parts. It does not matter. Our mission is still the same, to make disciples of Christ one at a time, just like Jesus did. Let's pray together. Jesus, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to be your body here on earth. You have blessed us not only with knowing you, your love, your forgiveness, your grace. But you are giving us the opportunity to build your kingdom one person at a time. I pray that you empower each and every one of us in this room to be kingdom builders. To raise disciples that know you and that love you. And if somebody is here today who doesn't know know you personally i pray that you will move in their hearts transform their lives and help them to be a part of this body that is committed to making disciples we thank you for this time of worship this time of prayer this time of listening to your word